Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, as always, Jeremy Finestone. And we are here with a big week uh, ahead and behind us. We It's been several days, but we're going to talk about wrestling Dantaku. We're going to look ahead to the Super Juniors. We have uh, Resurgence coming, Dominion. And, you know, Jeremy, we went through a couple of weeks where we had one show to talk about or one show to preview and just haven't had as much as usual. It's been kind of a quieter time. That's all over with now. <laughs> We're going to be very, very busy for the foreseeable future. Uh, the quiet time is about to be over. A lot of shows in a very condensed space. And uh, I'm ready to watch some uh, New Japan on a, on a regular basis here. How about you? Are you fired up for this? Uh, we, research? we had one show. We had one show. <laughs> It's just one show. And then all of a sudden, the dam burst of everything that is going to be launching off into this summer. Uh, I have I have looked at my calendar and I realized that uh, my wife is going to be busy with work and I will be busy with this. So <laughs> it is going to work out just fine in that aspect. But oh my God, when you're looking at these cards for Best of Super Juniors, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks for that. It really is. And we, of course, had a big show to talk about and a huge debut to discuss. I, this was something that I feel confident saying no one had picked for the Dominion main event. And uh, they really crossed us up with, with not, not the idea of Yoda Suji coming back. We've been talking about that on this show, and we suspected that it might be the asteroid guy for a little while. Now, did I suspect that he would be thrown into the main event of the second biggest show of the year in a world heavyweight title match? No, but I'm really excited about this. I, I thought it was a very cool thing, and we're going to talk. Of course, we're going to break down Dantaku, but Yoda Suji returning and going straight to the top of the card really sends a message here. I'm very curious to see how this one turns out because uh, th that is a rocket that is rarely strapped upon someone. Uh, I know in the Discord, Paul Fontaine wondered if this was shades of 2011 Okada, and that is something that we should not uh, dismiss at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um when Sonata was belted, we were wondering, is this going to be a transitional thing or is this going to be the guy for a while? And it did not appear at the time that there was anybody on the card that could seriously challenge him. And he would likely have some sort of smooth sailing going into the G1. I now no longer feel that way. There is at least a 50-50 chance to me that Yoda Suji wins this uh, IWGP heavyweight main event title match against Sonata at Dominion as the newest representative of Los Ingonobles de Japón. And we go with Yodosuji this summer as the champion at the G1 before uh, some type of match with Okada afterwards that gets the belt back on him. And we get to the Okada Will main event at Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm kind of feeling like there's a lot here that is likely going to happen. And uh, strap a rocket on Yoda Suji. Sonata, the work has been done to reestablish him. And if he has one title defense and he loses, I think Bushiroad, Ghetto, everybody involved would be okay with that. What about you? It does pose a lot of questions. You know, the timing of this and the way it was presented and things, Yoda, I've been saying, is really come along 
a long way in his mm -hmm. in his excursion because when he left, he was a very good young lion. But I actually think some of the other guys were a little bit better than him. Since we've seen him now, he had a match against Tomohiro Ishii in England when New Japan went over there. Mm -hmm. Terrific match, and he looked fantastic in it. But you temper that with, well, he's in there with one of the 10 best workers on the face of the earth, Tomohiro Ishii. So how good is it, right? And then I started seeing him in CMLL in Mexico City. And boy, the charisma was there. The size is there. He, and you start to just think, boy, this guy is going to be something really, really special. Well, Paul mentioned it. The last time we really saw someone head this high up the card immediately was when Okada won his match at Wrestle Kingdom and then challenged Tanahashi at the end of it. And it, it, we haven't even seen Yoda Suji in the new Japan, Japan ring. We did over there in, in England right there, but he hasn't come home and wrestled in a new Japan ring. And yet they are entrusting him with the main event of the second biggest show of the year. So ghetto must see that there is something special with this guy as well. So, and we're going to get into all that. And, you know, Colin's already uh, uh, commenting with it and we appreciate that. Colin, how are you? He thought uh, resurgence would have been a fight TV plus it's on, uh, new japan world so uh pay-per-view so yeah that's a little bit of a different fight tv has its uh upsides and downsides and as soon as we find an upside i'll be sure to spell it out for you uh, so far it's just been a lot of issues and so uh, well and then Colin's saying don't get on the okada train again it's boring it, it depends on how they do it of course and the only other thing i'll say about how all this might lead to will osprey is we're starting to hear some reports that osprey's contract might be up at the end of the year and again it all just depends on how much he's in new japan's future this might be a good time for will to explore going somewhere else financially sure. because sure. right now i think you know with with two companies that are you know not it's it's not at war it, the, aew isn't a financial threat to wwe there isn't one but the pride is there and of course and so coming up as a free agent right now not a bad deal and it might be smart for him to look at you know a three four year deal with one of those companies too wouldn't it, look what happened with jay white um so i think yeah. i think there's a lot of noise around that contract right now and we are not at a point where we can take it so seriously that it's going to define booking plans for now. I do want to get back to Yoda for just one second. So if you uh, if you're checking in with us for the first time, we're gonna run down real quick who Yoda Suji is. He was a young lion until uh, about 2021, and then he took off and uh, went on excursion, I believe, to Rev Pro and most recently CMLL. Uh, in March of 2023, around the time of the New Japan Cup. New Japan started airing these promos with Chris Charlton narrating, and there was a larger-than-life monster that was heading for Japan and was going to destroy the country and lay waste to everybody. And uh, a lot of speculation about who this could be. There was uh, a deathmatch wrestler that was mentioned at one time, but a lot of speculation was that it was Yoda Suji. I was on the Yoda Suji train pretty early on. Stephen Conway was on the Yoda Suji train pretty early on. It just looked like a Yoda Suji production. All the other young lions at the time had already returned, and uh, they had been put in a position of prominence. Now, Yoda Suji has been put in an even bigger place of prominence than any of them to this point. His debut return has been set up for the main event, like Stephen Conway has said, for the second biggest show of the year. 
that obviously raises a lot of questions about how they see the viability of him and how they move forward. So all bets are off. Anything is on the table. This guy could win. This guy could lose. And it may likely not matter because I think, I think you've already set his trajectory so high that he is not going to fail. Yeah, and his contemporaries, Shota Umino and Ren Narita, by the way, are the most. And, and I guess to a lesser extent, Uemura, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit there. That's basically that generation of young lions. And so we've seen that Shota Umino is showing quite a, a bit of promise, I feel, as a baby face. And they're doing more of a slow build with him, of course. He's been recently humbled by Okada, and so he's now he's upset with Okada. He's uh, fighting against uh, the good fight against Bullet Club and things. And then, of course, we've seen what's happening with Narita. He's also going after Okada. So, uh, you know, those guys have been in good spots, and Narita's already held the championship for a little while. But uh, this is different. This is different. And it's not unusual for a young lion to come back in a big spot. They pretty much sent Jay White toward the top of the card. Not quite to the top. Uh, you know, he was he didn't get the world title shot right away, although he did pretty soon. And they did the same. Sho and Yo won the junior tag titles, I think, in their first match in. Rocky Romero brought him in. And uh, Hiromu came in, like, right at the junior heavyweight title level. So, temper it with that. This isn't the first time anything like this has happened, but it's the stage that really stands out. Just the Mm -hmm. idea that it's dominion, you know, that this is not a show that they trifle with. So they must really believe that he's going to deliver something special in his first match back. And that's a lot for a man to carry. But if you've seen Yoda, it looks like he can carry a lot because he's a lot bigger. Love child and and edge. And Roman Reigns hitting that spear on Kanata and tearing him in two. Uh, one of the better looking spears I've seen in a minute. Are. Yeah. Okay. Before we, we're going to break down that Duntaku card, we're about to do so. I uh, wanted to mention first, this will be available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast. So that's Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all those things. If you get to it, uh, you know, we would appreciate uh, leaving us a five star review, uh, some sort of feedback on there. I know everybody says that, but it really does help the show. It helps get into searches and stuff. Like you have that. no idea how much I would appreciate it personally. <laughs> I would, I might dance on, on the show. Who knows? And see, that's where I have. I have I have special effect skills, everybody. I can make magic happen. There you go. So uh, anyway, just want to mention that'll be up a little bit later tonight. But for those of you uh, watching live, we definitely appreciate you being here. And uh, we're going to talk to Antaku right now. So this was in Fukuoka. It was sold out, 4,489 folks in that building there. And uh, the main event, before we even got to Yoda Suji, uh, we're, we're going to go from the top of the card down. It was headlined by Sonata, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, facing IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Hiromu Takahashi. And, of course, it had the subtext of Sonata, formerly in uh, Los Angobernables de Japón, leaving that group to join up with just four guys, making it just five guys. And so you had all that, uh, the rivalry of the two factions, plus the, the championships. And we got exactly what we figured, which we got a terrific match from two excellent wrestlers mm-hmm. here. This was really, really good. And I uh, want to bring up a couple of things. It's interesting because it's not unusual in New Japan for faction mates to wrestle each other because you get things like Super Juniors. You get things like the G1 tournament when, you know, the round robin tournaments where you do wrestle one another. 
But being in different weight classes for their careers in New Japan, it turns out that Hiromu Takahashi and Sonata had only wrestled one time and Chris uh, as a singles. And Chris Charlton brought it up. It was in Taiwan, and it was before Sonata had even come to New Japan. Uh, Sonata won that one in Taiwan. He was more of an established pro. Hiromu wasn't far off his young lion days. So we hadn't seen this, and we really hadn't seen much contact between Hiromu and Sonata until the road to Dantaku. They played into that a little bit because uh, they had a another comment by Chris Charlton that I thought was really smart. He said that Sonata wrestled like the LIJ Sonata in the road to Dantaku shows. He And it's true. I, I kind of look back through my notes. He did not use the, uh, the deadfall move mm -hmm. in that. Uh, he used Skull End. Uh, he even toyed around with the Paradise Lock a couple of times, that type of thing. It was more the LIJ Sonata. So he didn't use the new moves, and the story was that he would be the Just Five Guys Sonata here, and Hiromu would have no no point of reference for having no strategy for it. Yeah, and uh, it, I thought that was an interesting thing. I also liked a lot that Los and Gobernables were in Hiromu's corner. That's a recent thing for LIJ. They're not usually in each other's corners. The same way chaos usually isn't uh, just five guys has kind of established that they're going to be in the corner. Uh, no interference or anything like that, but I like, I thought, the I thought that was thematic just for like their feud. Like they just started being out there with each other because the, uh, like the, cause just five guys were doing it. LIJ yeah. started doing it. I don't think it's, Gonna be a well, they didn't. They forward. didn't do it when they were facing United Empire, which I thought. That's was what I'm saying. It's like Empire, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. something you do when you face just five guys. Or something. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see how it goes going forward. I thought it added a nice little twist mm -hmm. to this, basically. Uh, anyway, they they wrestled a really good match, and these two are, are some of the best out there, especially Hiromu. And uh, the first 15 minutes was excellently wrestled back and forth. Uh, it started picking up pace at the 15 minute mark, which is interesting because this is a 27 minute, 30 second match. So when they started hitting big moves, they still had quite a ways to go. Uh, Sonata hit a skull end and a moonsault. And he went for a second moonsault. Hiromu got his knees up. Then he hit a time bomb for a two count. And that was at the 15 minute mark. Still had a long way to go. But at that point, you're riveted now because, okay, we're starting to hit the big moves. Got to pay attention. This could end. Uh, and, yeah, that was a nice little drop kick there to the outside that Hiromu uh, tossed Adam. Uh, we were looking at the graphic there. There was a uh, deadfall attempt that was turned to a German, German suplex. And uh, they also played a lot to the weight difference. Uh, Hiromu was getting beaten down in the forearm battle, and it looked like he was getting tired because – he's wrestling a heavyweight. So everything is just a little more exhausting to pick him up. Uh, you know, he was, uh, it's not a hit a little bit harder. So they were in commentary talking up how the weight difference was starting to take its toll on Hiromu. He did hit a time bomb for a very, very close fall. He tried really a time close. bomb too, but Sonata escaped it at the 25 minute mark. Uh, and then Sonata hit an O'Connor roll into the skull end. That looked really good. Released it, hit a moonsault for a 2.9. A beautiful near fall right there. And uh, when Hiromu kicked out, got a big pop out of the crowd. Uh, and then we started to come down to the ending sequence. That was a dead fall that was countered into a Hiromu roll. And so it was almost a pinfall there. But Sonata came up and hit a Shining Wizard and then a dead fall uh, there for three. And, of course, that was uh, the finisher at that point. Properly dramatic. Uh, Sonata was also very respectful toward Hiromu at the end there and uh, said some nice things in the post-match comments. And after that, they popped the streamers out of the little blasters right there. Everything was looking good. 
And uh, before we get into that post-match angle, though, Jeremy, tell us your thoughts on the title match between the junior heavyweight champ and the heavyweight champ. What did you think of this? It felt really academic and uh, exactly what you would expect from these two guys at this stage of their career. It didn't blow anybody away, but it was a very, very, very good match. And I think uh, I think it's fair to say that, like, I don't want to be the homer that says every main event is a blow-away main event. Uh, it felt like when it was done, it was to get it out of the way for the Dominion one. And it was to check off the anniversary match that they do every year with the junior heavyweight and the heavyweight champion. And it was an excellent, excellent matchup to do between Sonata and Hiromu. But was I inspired or felt it to be passionate or anything like that. No, it was just a very good main event. And uh, if people wanted to go back and see it, I'd say definitely check it out. So uh, Colin mentioned, is it only Joshi promotions that have seconds? I thought every Japanese promotion had them. It's not unusual at all. It's unusual for LIJ. Uh, in the past, uh, LIJ has not been out for each other's matches. Naito's out there alone. And sometimes they will run down and chase off somebody who's interfering. We saw that in rare occasions when they're wrestling Bullet Club, House Torture, that type of thing. But uh, normally, Los and Gobernables, anyway, aren't down there. And, and it doesn't really happen a whole lot with Chaos and Hantai either. When Tanahashi and Okada is wrestling, it's usually just them in the corner, uh, especially since, you know, Ghetto turned on Okada and thinks he hasn't really had anybody in his corner since, neither does Tana, that type of thing. But other factions do. It's just a matter of how they want to present the faction. And, you know, so uh, Suzuki Goon, for instance, every once in a while would, but not always. So, you know, it just kind of depends on what they're trying to tell at the time. So, yeah. So then we have the angle. Now, uh, just as everything was looking peachy keen, uh, you had a feeling, though, that something was going to happen because we had to set up Dominion somehow, right? We still had no idea. Well, the asteroid video hit again. Same one we've been seeing for the mm -hmm. most part, except the end when a, a very large uh, jacketed uh, cloaked figure came up from the back lid, of course, so he was in silhouette. And then the name Yoda Suji came up. And I was very relieved I was right because I was going to look like an idiot if it wasn't him. <laughs> but uh, We were he, both going to look like it. We committed hard. <laughs> we did commit hard. We were we were pretty sure with no inside information. So that was something we were kind of going back and forth about through the week. We were like, I hope we're right. But uh, th thankfully, Ghetto did not make us look like morons. So thank you, Ghetto, uh, as always. But uh, Ghetto being the New Japan booker. Uh, Suji comes down and uh, just takes, takes the jacket off and then destroys all five guys i mean it really just takes all of them out nailed uh sonata first mm -hmm. but then systematically took out the rest of the faction lined up for a spear sonata still staggering from the first blow and of course the match he just had gets up and is speared in half the top half of sonata is still in fukuoka i believe and just split in a, twain my friend he was split in twain looked fantastic right there afterwards of course he poses suji does with the iwgp title and then something that i was surprised kevin and chris didn't really mention this he did the uh lij you know pump the heart twice and then put the fist up in the air and then afterwards in post-match comments he actually lifted uh hiromu takahashi he was of course spent from losing to Sonata in the main event and carried him off uh, during post-match uh, commentary. So, uh, yeah, you see Yoda right there. It looks like he's the new member of LIJ. It looks like that faction is upgraded. And I'll tell you what, it does not help Bushi's situation at all because, once again, Bushi remains the only non-protected member of that group. But uh, 
it's uh again we got Tom gets more love <laughs> three main event guys in that one faction right there uh so suji looks like the newest member of lij i was having so much fun with this one because i'm just rooting for suji i think he's really come along nicely i think people are gonna like it and uh brad has joined us hello brad good to see you and uh i enjoyed my time in your city and uh back home now but yeah th this was a lot of fun and i just thought well this sets up something that i wasn't expecting which is sonata versus uh, versus Sonata versus Suji. I thought it would be Naito. I thought it would be Sonata versus Naito, a totally like safe, predictable LIJ themed match against Sonata. But, you know, they just brought their big monster and going to put him and put him in front of Sonata and, you know, show him what for. And we'll see. Feels fresh. Successful. Yeah. Feels very fresh. Yeah. The, and there uh, are other things like, you know, and they're not leaving anybody out. I mean, just about everybody has something to do on this Dominion show, which we're going to get to. Yeah. No. Uh, there is, there is a theme that I like to remind people that New Japan likes to shuffle their belts around so that if a faction happens to gain a belt, they will, you know, very soon or very recently in their fu future past have lost a belt somewhere else in the uh, equation. And we do have the best of the Super Juniors coming up in which the winner of that will challenge potentially, if not, Hiromu as the winner of the best of juniors challenge Hiromu at Dominion for that. And, you know, if he were to lose a title there, maybe LIJ gains another title elsewhere. There are a lot of things that could happen and ghetto, 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 a tricky guy. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, belt merry-go-round, so to speak, it uh, took form in the never open weight title match. Uh, and that was between Tama Tonga and David Finlay. And that was our semi-main there. Uh, Tama started uh, the match quickly, jump-started it, and got in a lot of offense uh, there. A long beatdown of Finlay early, which led to the finish because they were uh, going to do what they did. And uh, so Tama needed to look good early because he was going to be carried out later. And uh, that lasted for 10 minutes. I mean, really, it was, just, it was Tama Tonga beating the hell out of Finlay mm -hmm. until he got his knees up on a superfly leap at about the 10-minute mark. And that was Finlay's first real sustained offense. He got some shots here and there in. But uh, for the next few minutes, it was uh, a beatdown for Finlay. Then at that point, he started getting some heat. Uh, his... A beatdown or a brutal dismantling? Well, we're going to get to that. At first, this was just the beatdown. So uh, he started going for the, they started going for gun stun and into oblivion, which is the new move for Trash Panda. Trash Panda was a little too cute for a heel like Finlay. So same move, but now it's called into uh, oblivion. Uh, which uh, always reminds me of Mike Tyson, Jeremy, when he said that he was going to punch an opponent into Bolivian. So <laughs> Mike was trying. He was he was trying. He was there was there was a lot of syllables. A press but, machine. Uh, Tama put him in the uh, sharpshooter at one point, and later Tama Tonga ended up taking a fall from the top rope all the way to the floor. They did a good job teasing the count out right there, but that fall from the top rope to the floor. Uh, where Finlay turned around the advantage was the last time we saw Tamatanga as an active participant in any offense whatsoever. This was the beginning of the end. Finlay started drilling him with power bombs, punches, Jado teased throwing in the towel on Tamatanga's behalf. He hit the into oblivion. Of course, that's the, you know, you drop him straight down on his knee from a suplex position right there. And then he pulled Tamatanga up, hit another one, pulled him up again and then finally hit a third one of those and pinned him. And it was depressing <laughs> because it was just this long beat down and a 
you see the pin right here uh, for the folks that are watching on YouTube. It was Finlay just basically posing with his hands on the chest of what looks like a very dead Tamatanga. And uh, he was stretchered out. It was a complete destruction. It was depressing, but it did exactly what they needed to do with David yes. Finlay here. They yes, it was. Ab absolutely had to do it. And uh, talk a little bit about this match, Jeremy, and why you feel like David Finlay needed to do something this extreme. They have not had the opportunity yet to put David Finley into a position to completely and utterly dismantle somebody outside of his own stable in order to assert dominance within this promotion. They have teased his influence at the domestic shows here and there, but we have not so far had the match that we were to see why David Finley has been anointed the leader of the Bullet Club. This was that match. It was very businesslike of Tamatanga to do what he did in this match. Uh, there are a lot of wrestlers that would not be as generous as Tamatanga was in this match to work David Finley. And uh, that begets another question, is it news or noise, that Tamatanga has been working without a contract, according to Fightful. Yeah, and it, it does. It, it's a possibility for him to be sort of written out if that if things go that way. So it's a way to cover that base mm -hmm. anyway. If he stays with New Japan, you can always rehab him. I mean, it, losing oh, yeah. to a guy that you're going to make into a main eventer doesn't really hurt that much. But if it's time for him to head off to wherever, and again, you know, like we're in a very competitive market for pro wrestlers right now, which is a wonderful thing. And uh, it, it always cracks me up when people root for major promotions to fail. And you see that stuff with the, the AEW, WWE debate, which might only exist with 20 people. On Tribalism. Twitter. Yeah, but you know, the like world the whole, works. Like, why it's so much better for the guys who are putting their lives on the line and their bodies on the line yeah. for there to be multiple companies bidding for their services. We want these, don't we want these guys to get paid for putting get themselves paid. out there? Like and anyway, point being, Yes. Uh, whatever happens with Tamatanga, he had a career year and, mm -hmm. and since turning babyface, if this is either the end or toward the end of his time in new Japan, well then he, he went out on the highest note possible and put himself in a position to be a star somewhere else. If he stays with new Japan, he's a babyface star. So win-win, uh, whatever he decides to do. So, yeah, but, uh, this is exactly like you said, Finlay needed to look like a killer because sure. it was the only thing they had yet to convince us of. Yeah. Well, now I we've seen it. I think it's noise with Tamatonga. Tangaloa yeah. is still due to return, and he's going to need to up his stock before he goes anywhere else if he wants to maximize his value. They just elevated Hikaleo in other ways that we will discuss shortly. And, uh, you know, Tama seems like the kind of guy that's like, nah, I don't need a belt right now. Give it to my brother. And then we, had, <laughs> then we had uh, an angle here again for Dominion. Yeah. Uh, El Fantasmo came out in a hoodie and a COVID-type mask, not a lucha hood, but he came out in a mask, and he attacked Ghetto and Finlay. Uh, went for a CR2, but Finlay managed to get away, and that'll be a Dominion match that should be very good. And uh, Brad picked up on something that I actually had in my notes as well, is uh, afterwards, uh, Finlay rolled out of the ring. ELP didn't just yell at him. He jumped off the top rope and beat Finlay down a little bit more. So uh, I, I did like that. As he mentions here, I loved how in the post-match ELP was not stopped by some imaginary force field. When Finlay rolled out of the ring, he just jumped off the top rope onto Finlay and beat that him down. That was such a baby face jump. 
and yeah, it was over the thing. I was like, oh yeah, you're going to be great. You're going to, and then the, you know, but he makes a good point. There is this imaginary force field. I love how apparently running up, up the ramp, even though you're only 20 feet away from somebody will also keep you apparently like, it's like a moat that 20 feet thing. People, a baby face will not chase a heel up. It's the real ring of honor, Steven. You do not (laughs) leave that ring for a fight. You want your fight. You happen in the ring. (laughs) So, uh, and yes, El Fantasmo afterwards really did some baby facing here. He he gave, gave a big bow of respect to uh, Juice and Thunder Liger, who was uh, doing, commentary on the japanese side and he also did some crowd work too like sat down in the crowd and was messing around with the fans in a, in a good natured way and things so uh showing a lot of uh, talent for the babyface uh crowd here uh elp is going to be real good and uh i'm looking forward to the match and you know finlay ad- has added that one air of danger he needed absolutely uh i think we are i think both guys are going to get elevated a lot by this and i think I think whatever that both of them have set up for Forbidden Door too is also going to be uh, a pretty big deal for them. Uh, I think I think we're they're going to have a strong, strong, strong summer. Oh, yeah. Brad has a question about ELP. Which faction do you think he ends up with? I'm going to say like Hontai. Yeah, looks like Hontai. Looks looks very strongly like Hontai. Like, like, he's just gonna go I, I think ELP, Tamatonga, Hikaleo, Tongaloa, Tag throughout the summer in some way, shape, or form. ELP and Tanahashi Tag. How fun is that going to be? <laughs> yeah, he was. he's definitely uh, kissing hands and shaking babies, as they say. Okay. So, uh, we... This next match that we're going to talk about. I got to look Dave Meltzer into the eyes and say, this is my goddamn favorite match of Duntaku, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says. And do you know what match this is, Steven? Let's hear it. The never open weight six-man trio, six-man titles. This was oh, very, God. very interesting, wasn't it? So we had, of course, the... Champions going into this one, Minoru Suzuki, Ren Narita, and El Desperado. Chills already. Speaking of strong style, I said Speaking of strong style. Versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazushiko Okada. Now, this had all kinds of subtext, of course, because Ishii said he didn't want to team with Tanahashi. He was honked off about the whole thing. And we kind of have a little bit of layer. We added some layers to that. There were three singles rivalries in one match for the most part. Ishii and Desperado just want a piece of each other all the time. Narita, after the match with he and Shota Umino against Tanahashi and Okada, where they basically got embarrassed by Okada and Tanahashi. He's been after Okada ever since. And Minoru Suzuki will fight Hiroshi Tanahashi over a ham sandwich. He just, they just, they can't be in the same room. So you had all that. Cat <laughs> Okada goes right for Narita at the start. <laughs> These two, are, he, he has officially got, at first, Okada was playing Mr. Cool here. That you're not on my level. And I said, now Okada just wants to beat this little snot up. That's the whole point here. Tanahashi, you could see, was in a lot of pain. Now, he was coming back off of a rib injury. His knees aren't good. And, uh, you know, he was, you could kind of see in his face that he was pushing through some things in this match. And he performed well. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's one of the smartest workers in the world, too. But uh, no one attacks the ribs early. They save that for when he got into a forearm contest with Suzuki, and then Suzuki popped him in the ribs just to kind of end that. It was almost like the uh, the classic uh, eye rake back in the 1980s. You know, babyface is doing well, and then just poke. But uh, instead, he just jabbed him in the ribs. Then he put him in a cobra twist, which if that... 
rib injury hasn't totally healed up, that couldn't have been comfortable. And you could see a little bit that Minoru was taking it a little easy on him. He wasn't pulling that twist the way he normally does and uh, probably shouldn't have there. But uh, Ishii broke it up and then was yelling at Tanahashi for even getting into the predicament. So they just can't get along. They don't want to hear it. And then uh, we had Desperado versus Ishii for a while, which has been really good. And uh, Ishii and Tanahashi eventually crash into each other. So we got the malfunction at the junction. Uh, Guitar Day on Hell on Ishii, but Okada broke that up. And that left Narita isolated. So he was isolated and triple teamed. And the first pin attempt was broken up, but that just got Okada's team to chase off uh, Suzuki and Desperado. That left Narita and Okada all alone in the ring. He took a landslide and a rainmaker for three. We have new trios champions. And afterwards, Ishii and Tanahashi did shake hands. The post-match comments left the door open, though, because Ishii is saying, Okada's a great guy. I like Okada. I'm... I guess I'll have I'll team with Tanahashi if I have to. That type of thing. That was more of his attitude the, the, rather than the whip he... handshake at the end was yeah. the most approving Ishii you were ever going to get. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the whole thing with uh you know, you're gonna get the whole thing with uh Tanahashi, who did again, the only person that has a problem with anybody else is Ishii. Because Tanahashi said afterwards that he wants to team. He's fine teaming with Ishii. Doesn't have a problem with him. I don't know why he has a problem with me. And uh, so everybody's okay with Okada. And Tanahashi is okay with Ishii. But Ishii Even though Okada's being awful to everybody. Everybody's like, yeah, you're Okada. It's cool. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a prick. You know, he's an arrogant guy anyway. That's kind of the attitude toward him right now. Yeah. And uh, Colin's wondering, why did they take the belts off the strong style I have group my already? Theories. Yeah, and I do too. I think... You know, in this one, the story is, you know, now they want to get into the whole Okada, Ishii, Tanahashi thing. I still don't think that's over. I think that that's going to kind of end in flames eventually. And I think that they want to send Narita after a few people, including Okada again. I also think that El Desperado is a possible winner of Super Juniors. And, you know, that that's one. The other one part the is final four? Minoru Suzuki has a North American tour planned again this summer. It's not going to be around all that much. So with all of those things going, any one of those things you can work around with the six-man titles, all of those things going on, I think they just decided that we've made our point. And now this group is established and we can move on and they can stay as a team when all of them are in the country and things. But we've we've done our jobs as far as making them a unit and the six-man titles bounce around a lot anyway. So... I think the Blackpool Combat Club are winning these titles at Dominion. Hmm. I think Shota Umino may possibly be the fifth guy for AEW and the Blackpool Combat Club in their fight against the Elite if it ends up being a five-on-five. And I think if, if if it were me, I would use the Blackpool Combat Club winning the never six-man titles as their invitation into the G1 this year. As a storyline reason. Well, let's Those talk. Are... A, let's talk a little bit later about who that extra guy is going to be, because we yes. know Mox and we know Shota, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But I think that I think there are reasons for this that we uh-huh. like need to peel back the layer and, and and get there. But I think we are laying the groundwork for a very big set of matches. Uh, for the never that we are about to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you when we talked about this match, Stephen. When we started this, I thought it was an angle. 
I thought it was going in a direction that we were setting up stories with Okada just being a further monster, but uh, Strong Style would walk away with the title still. That didn't happen, and we got one of the best matches, uh, six-man matches I've ever seen uh, uh, out of this match. And uh, just fantastic. They played it straight, and I did not think that they would uh, belt the superpowers like they did, but man, they (laughs) did, and I I I am here for it. First time Okada's held the title in New Japan that isn't the the big one. Whatever the big one is, there have been two different big ones. The IWGP title and now this World Heavyweight title. And afterwards, Shota Umino came out. Of course, Umino still has the bone to pick. And he introduced a video. And John Moxley, in a pre-taped vid, uh, said that he was upset that he had picked on Shooter and was coming to Dominion to get a piece of him. Now... For various storyline reasons, we can't announce the full match yet, but uh, it is going to be uh, Shooter and uh, Moxley against Okada, Tanahashi of some form. And, you know, once everything figures out, it's going to be a six-man title match. They just can't say that quite yet. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be... because. And the reason, by the way, they can't say that is because technically, storyline-wise, Tanahashi is still involved in that U.S. US title number one contenders tournament until he's eliminated from that they can't you know they have a tease for it at resurgence though which is very very Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. and yeah they have they have one person as a proxy on one side and they haven't confirmed if there's a guy as a proxy on the other side but i think there's a proxy on one side there's probably a proxy on the other Please don't let it be Wheeler Yuta at Dominion. No, no, I don't. No. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's Wheeler Yuta. I, I do I, not think that they can do that. To all due respect to Wheeler Yuta is a fine wrestler, but there. Are I buried Wheeler Yuta a little so slightly uh, over Kevin Knight a couple weeks ago. I was not really expecting Wheeler Yuta to be coming into my radar quite so significantly immediately after. This is what you get for talking shit. I might want to wear a lucha mask to that show if you attend. <laughs> Okay, up next we had TV title. Well, up next, before, we're going backwards here. But, uh, yeah, Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. did not come after Okada and Tanahashi. Uh, The TV title match, Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. Got to say here for this one, we got exactly what we expected. Maybe not finish-wise, although I do think it was time to do this. But we got a really good professional wrestling match between really good professional wrestlers. This was another good match. that, And the other thing worth noting here is the matches at this point. So the six man title, uh, 19 minutes, 36 seconds, Tama Tonga and Finlay, 2501, uh, Sonata and Hiromu, 2730. At this point, you know, the, the rest of the matches on this show had to move quickly because they were going to spend a lot of time on the back half of that card. Those were just the match times. All three of those matches we talked about had a post-match angle. So, when you get down there, I was looking at the timestamp on the thing, you know, because you can see the little bar at the bottom of the screen. Uh, I wasn't watching live. I didn't get up at three in the morning. I got up at six. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the little bar on the bottom of the screen right there, and there's two hours to go in the show and three matches. So I was like, what in the hell is going on? And uh, no, it's just because they had a lot to do in those last ones. So the, the beginning part of the card moved very, very quickly. Yeah. Jeff Cobb, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Brad, you're killing me with the coin flip thing. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> we have definitely found out there is no coin flip. We can bury the gimmick. I've <laughs> been <laughs> saying this for a long time. Why do you do this to me? Why are you trying to hurt me? Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. for the TV title. Cobb, of course, 
they worked this match exactly like they worked the preview tags. It was Cobb overwhelming Zach with power, Zach working the knee, and then finding ways to kind of spider monkey his way into submissions on uh, basically using Cobb for a base, which you can do. Uh, I think skyscrapers could probably use Jeff Cobb as a base. And then uh, Zach, uh, you know, had the knee thing where he was just trying to take out that foundation. Cobb hit a gut wrench off the ropes at the 10-minute mark. It looked fantastic. Uh, gut wrench suplex there. He had a, a spin cycle attempt that turned into a sleeper. They also worked on that one in preview, so it was smooth as silk when they did it on the big show right there. And then he powered out of that beautifully. And uh, I like this. He turned a Zach managed to turn a tour of the islands attempt into an inside cradle at 13 minute mark. They were barely escaping each other's pins all the way up into the end. And I thought it was time to do something different with that championship. I was happy to see the time limit draw here because Zach was given the belt to establish it. He's one of the best wrestlers out there and he's been doing that and he's been winning his matches mostly just barely under the time limit. So they've been teasing the time limit, teasing the time limit. And then on this one, they delivered it. So now we're going to have a rematch at Dominion right there. And uh, yeah, the rest of the card was uh, kept pretty short. Uh, everything else was under 10 minutes. And so this one just felt like a, a really good, well-worked match that, left a little bit on the table because they knew they were going to do it again totally on, a big, on the on, table on a bigger show. Uh, they were, they were holding back because they were going to do it again on a bigger show. So we got a fine professional wrestling match here, but intentionally understood it wasn't their night to shine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I like about this match is that what, what wrestlers and promotions love to do in a time limit draw is do a photo finish, some type of very close to a pin, in a pin attempt, submission, like the guy is about to tap out if not. Mm -hmm. Cobb wasn't even close to Zack Sabre Jr. with the time limit thing. He had wrenched him across the ring, fell into the ropes a little bit, and was trying to get back up to finish him. And it just, it looked more like a fight and a, and a fight than like a choreographed timing sequence to make everything look good. And I thought that was stronger. That made the match stronger instead. Brad said this was totally my thing. I loved it so much. It was, it was a heck of a good 15-minute match. I mean, th these two are, are, are excellent. But the, the good thing was there were little teases during the Road 2 shows that they didn't do here. So, And, uh, yeah, uh, Colin, Zach Sabre Jr., and Cobb was fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really good. I think the Dominion one's going to be better. Oh, it absolutely will be. Uh, you, you're, you're right. They left money on the table. And uh, Dominion, Dominion is going to be a hot show, man. I am yeah, well, oh, yeah, ready it is. for it. And then he said, where's the coin flip? So uh, the coin flip reference, let's get that out of the way. During the TV <laughs> title tournament, they said that if a match went to the time limit during the tournament, that the winner would be determined, whoever continued, would be determined by coin flip. Uh, thankfully, they never did that. Total gimmick. <laughs> it was a total gimmick. And uh, they have been torturing me about it ever since. I, uh, I have managed to find the one thing that... New Japan introduced a logic that Stephen Conway cannot stand. <laughs> and so every so often, because I am a loving and fun co-host, <laughs> I, I like to reintroduce the, uh, the chaos into the equation. All right. So after that, we had the strong open weight title, and this was Kenta defending the strong title against Hikuleo. We mentioned the belt thing going back and forth. This was basically a belt swap between the Bullet Club and Hantai in this one. So when... This match ended, I felt even stronger about how the Tamatanga-Finlay match was going to end because what we had here was Hikaleo 
uh, first of all, he teased a knockout with the first kick of the match, but Kenta was playing possum, that clipper man, him. And another high kick by Hikaleo fairly early in the match. Key rushed poor referee Kenta Sato. He took that thing right in the mush <laughs> uh, like a champion, knocked him out cold. And uh, after that, uh, there was a long period where Kenta was uh, doing his best impression of a speed bump and uh, rolling the outside of the ring. Uh, but of course, Kenta, with no referee, low blow, wore out a kendo stick on him. Uh, even Jado got some kendo stick shots. Busy night for Jado. Hikaleo managed to get the stick away from him eventually and broke it over his knee, Bo Jackson style. He then uh, choke bombed Kenta, but there's still no referee. So he starts calling for Marty Asami. Uh, knowing that uh, Red Shoes is never going to come down for a prelim match. He works main events only, that one. So he's look, calling for Marty. Marty comes down. Uh, a attempted a choke slam was turned into a triangle, and then he transitioned that, Kenta did, into a game-over submission for a uh, near fall there. Kenta went for the penalty kick. Hikaleo dodged it, hit his power slam into a choke slam for the win. 45 or 45 seconds after nine minutes, 945. That's all it was under 10 minutes here. Yeah. And again, it was foreshadowing the switch earlier. We had to get a lot done early because we were going long late. And uh, yeah, there you go. Hikuleo is the new strong open weight champion. And, uh, and there it is. He, he managed to take it off of him in the first championship for Hikuleo. What'd you think? Total Pyrrhic victory for Hontai. They win one, they lose one. Bullet Club kind of gets one out from them in the end. Seemed pretty academic. I thought the match was fine. I was really watching Hikaleo to see what I could take away from him. And I thought it was good. But I really got more insight when I watched uh, the Backlash show and the almost versus Seth Rollins match. Mm. Uh, so I was looking at almost, and I was looking at Hikaleo, and I, I see a lot of similarities between the two. Hikaleo has the wrestling, and almost has the presence. Hikaleo needs to work on his like presence in the ring to intimidate his opponents, because when he is in the ring, he is big, but he still doesn't strike me as scary. He just strikes me as a guy in the ring. And I and I don't know what needs to happen to change that. I don't know what part of his demeanor, if it's some big junk studness about him, whatever it may be. I just I can't put my finger on it, but it is the intensity and the and the presence in the ring that I am convinced is the thing that is holding him back. And uh I think he has all the potential in the world, but you've got to figure that part out. Do you think he's going to hold that belt for a while? He's got a rematch with him at Resurgence. And right now it's listed as Kenta versus Hikaleo at Resurgence. I don't know. Sounds like September, October would be around the right time for him to have it for the summertime. Just a couple of shows here or there. So you think but, he beats Kenta again? In yeah, 24? I, th I think he beats Kenta again. But if he were to lose the title, you know, with all the contracts up in the air, nothing would surprise me. I almost kind of think him having it is a little bit irrelevant. Uh, until they find the guy that they want to, you know, strap a rocket to. He's just going to be a big guy doing the same kind of matches with people trying to, you know, sneakily take him out and get the upper hand before he, you know, crushes them and wins the match. Some type of, some type of uh, direction that way. I, I want to have more out of this than that, but I just don't, I don't know what his mileage is right now. And that is, such a lower level title that it's okay if it's just kind of a training wheels reign for him. 
Uh, Colin has a question here. Any idea what time Dominion starts? I do have an idea. It is uh, starting at 4 p.m. Tokyo time. So use your uh, use the interwebs there to figure out what time that is with you. But it is a couple hours earlier. It's a Sunday show. So they often start Sunday shows a little bit earlier in the afternoon uh, instead of into the evening. So that's going to be 4 p.m. start time in Tokyo. So, you know, you again, just kind of check for your uh, time slot there and find out when that is. So that's uh, going to be Dominion uh, in June. But uh, got other things to talk about here. Uh, a couple more matches to go. And uh, we had the uh, Bushi, Shingo Takagi and Tetsuya Naito against Doki. Uh, Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and that, this one only went 7 minutes, 17 seconds, but it was good stuff. Uh, Taichi ended up tapping out Bushi, but it's a straightforward appetizer for Sonata and Hiromu. So it was mm -hmm. all Sonata's teammates against Hiromu's teammates, and Shingo, and he and Taichi beat the living hell out of each other not too many days before this one. Uh, and, uh, you know, Naito and, and Bushi uh, and Kanemaru, Doki, these are all... Uh, perfectly capable and good wrestlers, and they also knew it wasn't their night. So they got seven minutes, but they packed a lot in that seven minutes. Good match. I I, I was watching it like, okay, we're wrapping up LIJ and just five guys. This is this is fine. We can do a couple more of these matches. Bro, we're going to keep doing this for another month, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I genuinely hope they are able to entertain me through resurgence, best of the super junior undercards and whatnot. But I don't know. Another month of this seems like a lot. <laughs> and uh, Colin says, 8 a.m. my time. Damn. Well, you know what, Colin, seriously, if I can get up at 6.30 in the morning to watch the Premier League, you can get up at 8 o'clock and have, you know, the, have a little coffee, have a little tea, whatever you like. I, I have my regular have, wake I, up time is I usually have both. I am a what? 3 a.m. guy most days out of the week. Are you really? Oh, yeah, you probably are, aren't you? I really am. Really oh, am. my goodness. All the time. I go to bed at like 8 o'clock every night. It's, mm, yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess I gotta, you, yeah. I, I'm like a farm boy that works in retail. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, have to. you and Brock Lesnar are the only people up at that hour. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we learned that Gino Gambino will be back at Dominion during this one. So that's nice. I like that. I, I, I like that. I like that guy. I like what he brings to the show. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Fresh that's energy. Good point. Yeah. And uh, Colin says he's going to get up. Don't worry. Okay, Colin, we won't worry about you too much. We knew you'd be there. We knew, we knew you'd be watching. Uh, so uh, we also had Sh uh, Shota Umino, Kushida, and Kevin Knight against Aaron Hanari, TJP, and Francesco Akira. The finish of this one surprised me, uh, but it was a fun and fast pace. It was a good match. Uh, Kushida won this one with a hammerlock inside cradle on TGP. Kind of thought they might go with the challengers here. But uh, nope, instead they did that. And Shota Umino had more important things to do later in the evening. So... Uh, he and Hanare did a few things, but this was mostly about the junior tag guys, TJP, Akira. I thought they Knight, were teasing it, Shida. and I was surprised later on when it was like, oh, they are not going in that direction. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I was I was surprised at that. But uh either way, you know, you know, Kashida, all these guys are gonna be in the super junior, so they have time for to work on things like that uh there as well. Some of these guys will be matched up against each other. So and, uh, yeah, go ahead. The, uh, the first two matches. Let's start with the first one first because they kind of played into each other. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. That's a good idea. So the first one was the House of Torture. So it was Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, Sho, and Dick Togo against Goto, Yoshihashi, Toriyano, and Yo. Now, reading the names of the wrestlers took about as long as the match did. Uh, <laughs> uh, House of Torture came out with the stolen tag team titles. They had attacked Aussie Open and swiped 
the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. This was a bad decision. Very quick win for Chaos in this one. Uh, they hit a GTR on uh, Togo uh, early on in this one. Like I said, only three minutes, 37 seconds in this one. And it was a pretty good beatdown. It was just very, very fast. Uh, but they had business to take care of. So uh, House of Torture attacked everybody afterwards. Sore losers they are. Uh, but Aussie Open came out to get their belts back, and they they uh, nutshotted both Yujiro <laughs> and Evil. That'll learn them. Uh, and uh, beat up House of Torture. Kyle Fletcher got on the mic saying, Bishamon deserves a shot. That's a respectable tag team. We like them. We think a lot of them. House of Torture does not deserve a title shot. They're scum. Both statements are absolutely true. However, House of Torture <laughs> will not stop messing with us until they get a title shot. Therefore, we challenge for a three-way uh, match. And I was a Fair play to you, by the way. You called this last week. And I was relieved that I was right. And I think part of it was wishful thinking. And I'm glad I'm correct because, boy, Bishamon, Aussie Open, and House of Torture is a hell of a lot better than House of Torture against either of those teams just straight This on. is true. This is true. <laughs> because... For a Dominion show, this is absolutely true. You can cover up Ujiro uh, this way as best you can. And, you know, Evil's going to do Evil's act. Evil's capable of so much more than the House of Torture gimmick allows him to. Uh, Ujiro, uh, you know, every once in a while you said, you know, I always wondered if they were using you to a full potential, and now I see that they are. That's really what they are doing with Ujiro. <laughs> the good news about the House of Torture gimmick is it buries him for the most part, and you can just just do this. Just just do this. So, um yeah, that, and that, and that's all he's really got. So, the, the, but this will at least there'll be some good wrestling in this match that wasn't going to be there if it was just House of Torture against Aussie Open. Uh, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis are brilliant, but uh, not miracle workers. I loved, loved, loved the one-two punch of how they set up the opening of this card. It made you feel like there was thought put into the card from the get-go, and hmm. that you had something that was going to stand out from every other show that they've been doing. They literally had the tag team champions run out before their match as they were lined up to do to get their titles back, set up the title match, and then go ahead and have a dominant performance in the ring to uh, reestablish that they were in fact that good and the tag team champions. New Japan, this is how you do it. Thank you very much. That's why we love them, right? That's why we love Absolutely. it. It's why it's my favorite promotion in the world. Uh, and uh, it, both my two favorite promotions now in the world are both in Japan. It's just been, it's just great. New Japan and Stardom, both owned by Bushy Road, doing great stuff. Shoto uh, Mino. Oh, funny whoa, story about that. Funny story about that. Uh, oh, there was okay. a Twitter, there was a Twitter inquiry about all of the pay per views that were topped this year and feedback given by all the people. And overwhelmingly, the Stardom Queendom uh, show was listed as people's favorite and the best pay-per-view of the year, outmatching Wrestle Kingdom, Revolution, WrestleMania Night 1, and anything else Ooh. that you can think of. So, you know, if you're not watching Stardom, that's on you. Think about what you just said, though. I mean, how good was WrestleMania Night 1? It was fantastic. It was, it was how, how great was Wrestle Kingdom? It was fantastic. Stardom might have beaten them. <laughs> Stardom yeah. might have beaten them both. A lot of people yeah. feel it did. Like, it, we, uh, they, there is a consensus of opinion out there that says it did. And uh, I'm not going to argue. We're just seeing some great wrestling. God, we're Absolutely. just seeing some great wrestling. And so, uh, yeah, that led into Speaking the next of great thing. wrestling. So, so Aussie Open has their belts back. And we got our championships back. And uh, they have their challenge laid out. Now they and Great Okan teamed up in the next match to face TMDK. Of course, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, and Kosei Fujita. 
just like you would think, Fujita's there to do the job. He's still the young lion, even though he's part of TMDK. Okan tapped him out. And again, this was an appetizer uh, for Cobb and uh, Sabre, just like uh, the LIJ Just Five Guys match was an appetizer for Snada and Hiromu. But uh, just like that other one, the other appetizer, it was uh, pretty delicious. It was only five minutes and 28 seconds, but everyone knew they weren't going to have a lot of time. So they went pretty much full speed ahead and had a good match. Most of the time you have a important match angle, take up 10, 15, 20 minutes of the time on, uh, on the new Japan programming. And if you take this match and the match before it and wrap it up all into a little ball, it was a nice 20 minute production of everything that you needed to set up going forward for dominion. Well done. And not on the show. We didn't get to see this. We're still a little bitter about this, but uh, Rio Heo Iwa had a match against the other young lions in some form there to uh, try to get a TV title shot. And sadly, Oi was unable to uh, to secure that title shot. Uh, three Foiled on by one. Oscar. Three on one, a little bit too much for the man to take. And so uh, there will be no TV title shot for uh, Oiwa, but uh, who knows? You know, maybe uh, maybe down the line. I think Oiwa's going to be a star. So, you know, given how good that card was, I could forgive the the Meat Man challenge not being on there. <laughs> and so we have uh, that is Dontaku, and of course, a lot of things being set up for down the road. And we're hitting the ground running on Best of the Super Juniors. That's the next thing, and uh, there are going to be a lot of matches in a short period of time. But Best of the Super Juniors begins Friday at Corcoran Hall. And uh, Jeremy, I was kind of looking at uh, some of the cards coming up this coming week. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. go look. We're not going to go over the entire thing here, but just some of the things that we're going to have to talk about on next week's show. There's a lot. Friday, May 12th at Corican. Of course, first night is always a big one, right? To set the tone, and some key matchups take place. A block and B block, and we get an idea of where things are going a little bit through this. So let's, I'm going to run down the lineup very quickly, and then we'll talk about the key matches. On Friday, I, have a, I have a carousel of images that will all just kind of work within it. So you okay. do your thing, and I'll do mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go go to it. Uh, Kevin Knight will face Clark Connors on opening night. Ryusuke, there we go. Oh, we got the uh, the grid there. Very nice. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, Ryusuke Taguchi against Taiji Ishimori. We'll see Bushi against Dan Maloney. It'll be Maloney's uh, premiere in uh, the best of the Super Juniors. Kevin Knights as well, his first Super Junior match. Kushida against Doki. Leo Rush against Sho. We will see Yo against Robbie Eagles. Keep an eye on Robbie Eagles in this one. I, I kind of mm-hmm. like where some of this is going for Robbie. And Titan against TJP. Oh, Same here mentioned. with Titan. Quick mention, we have not seen it, but Robbie Eagles apparently had a very good match with Claudio Castagnoli on Ring of Honor. That will be coming soon to a New Japan world near you. Hey. El Desperado against Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And then Hiromu Takahashi against Speedball Mike Bailey. That's the main event That's of gonna the very be so first good. <laughs> so the first thing I thought of here was, one, keep an eye on Robbie Eagles throughout this entire tournament. I think he's going to be in it toward the end. I'm not saying he's winning. I'm not saying he's even winning a block. But I think in the last day, he's going to be mathematically in it. I in think in it's the equation. Yeah. Well, so next at least. Year, might, maybe he'll go further than that. But at, at the very least, I think, yeah, he's going to be in it. So really important to note, this year, the one and two seeds in both blocks go on to the semifinals. And so the winner of yes. the A block 
basically the number two seed of the B block. And Correct. the number one seed of the B block will face the number two seed of the A block. So this raises the stakes going into the last night. You could potentially have five guys in a race for these two spots. And as the, as the match goes, win, lose, or draw, you have mm-hmm. completely reestablished how these are going to get to the photo finish and we establish the final four guys. So instead of two, we're going to have four hot guys coming out of this. There are also uh, other tropes involved here with the New Japan round robin tournaments, and that is the first night upset, which usually happens to a contender who has to then fight from behind instead of uh, jumping out of the gate. You know, there's usually somebody who seems to be uh, in prime spot to win the tournament that gets upended on the first day. And so there are two here that are upset specials, I think. El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Kanemaru just challenged for the IWGP junior title. He's been getting a bit of a just five guys push, maybe not like the way Taichi is, but Kanemaru is thought of, and it could be a way for him to upend Desperado and make Desperado fight for every point going forward. The other one is, I mean, if you're going to launch Mike Bailey, launch him, right? To Hiromu mm-hmm. Takahashi. And uh, so that that's a possibility as well. So, uh, I think he's definitely a candidate to be one of the final four. Yeah. Mike Daly. Yeah, I think so too. So that's coming up Friday at Corican Hall. Let's look at Saturday's show, which is in Nagano. Some of the key matches here, again, I'm not going to read off the entire card because you can find that online, but some key matches here, Hiromu against Doki. I think Doki is going to do a little bit better than previous years. So big match there. Uh, Yo versus Wato. So that's two stablemates there, which I think is interesting. And we'll kind of get an idea of where those two are in the pecking order because I have a hard time picking who's higher in on the list, Watto or Yo. I think it's Watto by only like half a step. Though. I think it's Watto. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that turns out. And then Teton against Ishimori. I just want to see that match. Teton against Taiji Ishimori ought to be fabulous. So and- if... If there is a familiarity in any way that the that the tag teams, I'm kind of ruling out tag teams from mm-hmm. moving forward. So Kushida and Kevin Knight probably won't make it to the final four. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say Teton and uh, Bushi also do not make it to the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not so sure on Teton. I don't know. I I would I of those tag teams, I would rule. I would not rule out another three-way at dominion with kevin Mm. knight uh kevin knight and uh, the jet setters catch 22 and potentially teton and bushi if they are not going to be featured in the uh in the finals or in the final clash uh dominion but you also have leo russian yo that you could throw in there as well there's a whole lot of factors in there but there are some tag teams there that I think that they want to pay extra close attention to for a spotlight match. Teton and Bushi versus Kevin Knight and uh, Kushida sounds like a banger of a match to have at Dominion. And so I'm thinking about that. And But Mike Bailey and Hiromu making it to the finals in this bracket, uh, that sounds right to me. But if Teton made it instead of Mike Bailey, uh, surely wouldn't be shocked. So I'm just going to make my little prediction here. Just going to say this as we go through these here. I think that block A, which is right now for the folks on YouTube, is on the screen. I think we are looking at some combination of Rush, 
Bailey and Hiromu fighting it out for the semifinal spots on the last day. Sure. So I think those are the ones. I think it's going to just be Eagles and Desperado are the main guys in B block to mm. me. That's, that's who I'm thinking of. Clark, Clark Connors. Connors is going to get that much of a push. I think I he's going to win more matches than last year, but you know, if he, he could win three or four and not make the finals and still come out better than last year. I think they might go all the way with Clark Connors this year. I think they might mm. try and do something completely different and they That's might take, uh, they are, they're going hot and mean with these young lions, man. They belted, they belted Kevin Knight. They're even the, the Japan class, they're all getting a place of prominence. Well, well they built they just, built it showing yo immediately too. I, I I I hear you. I just there's something about the way that they're moving with Clark Connors that it's like, hey, you are the one that made it through this class. We are going to reward you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. This is just this is just one of those feelings that I have. I look at him like, hmm, Clark Connors. Yeah. Clark Connors. The Spearmint yeah. Rhino. <laughs> the Spearmint Rhino. Anybody that's been to Las Vegas knows why that's funny. So uh, the the uh, I wouldn't know about that. Uh, no. Let's see what else are we? Uh, oh yes, on May fourteenth in Nagoya. Let's get focused again. Uh, but uh, on May fourteenth, Nagoya key matches, and I'm looking forward to this one. Is we get the rematch, Leo Rush against Hiromu Takahashi in Nagoya on uh, Sunday. That'll be great. And then Desperado against Master Wato should be pretty darn good. And I don't another- think there's going to be a bad night in this entire tournament. It's hard to find one this, in there. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. And then uh, in Akita on Tuesday, and we'll have to watch this one, cram this one in before the show. So uh, how many it, shows do we have to watch before? We got four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. It's, let's see. Korokin, Nagano, Nagoya, and Akita before next week. And that's Leo Rush and Taiji Ishimori. Is, right. To me, the most intriguing match on that card. But you know, your mileage may vary. But I, I'm, I'm excited about those. And then we're going to be, that's May 14th. And then we're looking down the barrel of resurgence uh, not too long after that. So, yeah, anyway, like I was saying, I I really think Eagles and Desperado are going to be involved in the last day. Maybe Clark Connors, as uh, Jeremy thinks. My pick, again, for there, some combination of Leo Rush, who I think they take very, very seriously in this role. Hiromu Takahashi, of course, although I don't expect Hiromu to win. I think this is about creating a contender for him. And uh, Mike Bailey's, I I feel real confident that Mike Bailey is in this because they want him to be heavily involved in it throughout the tournament. So something like that. Before we move on to resurgence, Brad Ryder has a question for us. Okay. Speaking of the young lions, the last two of three classes, including the current one have produced some great talent with incredibly high ceilings. Could this be the best two to three year stretch in a long time? I think so. I I think, I think so in a long time. Yes. Ever. Maybe not. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because two to three year stretch. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think because most of the classes have one guy that really comes out of it and shines. Now, Yoshihashi has blossomed in the last couple of years, but he and Okada were the young lions at the same time. It's hard to beat any class that has Okada in it. Right. But the depth, you can't argue with this point on the depth. I mean, Okada, that, that was top heavy. It was Okada. It was Yoshihashi. And you, Yoshihashi's you could, a couple of steps below there, but yeah, I mean, you you, have you to could go argue the Jay White, David Finley, Juice Robinson class, but it's the depth that yeah. absolutely is just staggering with here. It's like we're 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 closing in on like ten guys that have made it through, uh, made it through this point, and uh, Brad's got Jay Finley, Juice Shonyo, so that's yeah. five. 
Yeah. But we're thinking Kevin Knight. We're thinking Clark Connor. We're thinking Yoda Suji, Ren Narita, Shota Umino. Who else we got? Are there any? Mm-hmm. Like, well, that, that could comparable class in a lot of ways. Well, let's look at Wrestle Kingdom 10. That's a great point. Jay White, Finlay, Juice, Show, and Yo. Now, of those guys, I would say that Jay White is the only one that is a bona fide, 100%, no doubt, main event guy. Mm-hmm. Finlay may about may become one. There's about to become one. They're going to give it a shot now. Whether Juice it is 100 a successful young lion project. Yes, but not a main event guy. And Sho and Yo are a good junior tag team, but neither one got to the point of being the face of the junior division. So I think what we're seeing here is though uh, we're seeing Shota Umino, who could be the next Tanahashi here. We're seeing Suji, who they obviously think the world of. Narita is the next Shibata and is basically doing a tribute act. I think the ceiling is actually higher with this group. So I think, I think Brad so too. Be, I think you might, Brad might be correct. That it's gonna but that was the last it. class that I could think of that even like would be a ranking yeah. ranked choice ballot, <laughs> you know? Now, and Colin has a comment here that I agree with. I don't want Hiromu to win this again. It's time for someone else to have a shot at it. I think we're going to see that. I think. I think especially going in as the champion, because then there's no story. If he wins, there's really no story coming out of it unless they have some phantom junior we're not aware of where he said, now nah, I've the won only, this. The only thing that they could do, the only thing they could do, and I would absolutely hate it, is if they turned the final four into a four-way at Dominion. Nah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's like, but that's the logic that you'd have to stretch to to find some type of narrative story in which Hiromu walks away with this with still the title. Speaking of the Bushy Road umbrella, Best of Super Juniors and New Blood 8, both on at the same time, I think. Oh, good grief. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's uh, we're going to be watching a lot of wrestling there. And uh, New Blood 8, one of the big stardom shows there, too. So, yeah, All right. Well, that'll be great. So that is the first week of a very busy Best of the Super Juniors schedule. And, of course, we will be reviewing all of those matches uh, here on the show next week. We'll be up to date on it by the time it gets here. And then we will preview the following week. And all of that uh, is going to lead into resurgence on May 21st. And it's worth running down uh, that card, isn't it here? So let's take a look at that. Uh, resurgence. Real uh, quick, want... on resurgence, did you know that it is a New Japan World pay-per-view and not a Fight TV pay-per-view? So it might work? What? It might work? I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't have any trouble with uh, the New Japan shows. I haven't, yeah, you know, like uh, the, the New Japan world. It always works for me. I'm I'm hoping for the best, but if people are looking for it, it is incumbent of us to let them know that you have to order it through New Japan World, which I already have done. It's about twenty two dollars. Okay, let's yeah, get a, yeah. the Blackpool Combat Clubber here. I am okay with this. <laughs> There's a lot to it. So we're going to see uh, the interesting match, actually, I think, before this one, too. Though Here's the DKC against Bateman. I haven't seen Bateman in around a minute. Uh, the New Japan coaching class. Yeah. And then we will have Alex Coughlin against Christopher Daniels. So we, Christopher Daniels, of course, does have a history with New Japan. He was Curry Man in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling back in the day. Currently a heel in New Japan, but not in AEW. 
interesting. Uh, and then that'll we'll also see. Uh, well, yes, of course. Uh, Bad dude Tito and Zack Saber Jr. against Barbaro Carbonario and Virus, which is spelled virus. Uh, Virus in uh, from CMLL and uh, Barbaro Carbonarios. I'm 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 a nut for that guy. I like him a lot. And uh, Tito and Zach. Uh, so you got TMDK against uh, Barbaro Carbonario and Virus. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, seeing uh, Zach work with some Lucha Libre guys. I mean, I know he can do it, but it'll just be an intriguing matchup. And uh, at some point early in the show, we will get the semifinals of the strong women's title tournament. So we will see Mercedes Monet against Stephanie Vaquer and uh, Willow Nightingale against Momo Kogo from Stardom. So you have Stardom, CMLL, uh, AEW, and New Japan, basically. Monet is a uh, New Japan slash stardom employed uh, in uh, that tournament. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a couple of intriguing early matchups. We expect uh, Willow and an angle, right? <laughs> Honestly, after watching Rampage this past week or Dynamite or whatever with, with her and just being like shuffled off as the B plot to the outsider thing, I don't know, man. Like, maybe I just put it on Mercedes. Like this just uh like they are they're everybody shooting themselves in their own foot trying to get one person over at the cost of other people that should be getting over. Willow should be in the hunt for this title. Mm. I think that perhaps she should be winning this title. I am not nearly as strong on that stance as I was last week. I think she's gonna make the finals because I don't yeah. see them going with Momo in the final. I mean, you know, Momo is kind of the it's not really fair she's to call a her name to make willow look good but nobody really knows who she is it's a little bit unfair to call her the bushy of stars which is the her faction over there but kind of she's if she's in a six or an eight woman tag in stardom she's probably the one taking the pin if her side loses so it's hard to see them putting her in the finals for this turn because they know that i mean they know yeah. where momo is you know mo I mean, Momo was supposed to be on English commentary at the last Stardom pay-per-view. So she, she speaks English. She, you know, it's a good representative. And, and she is, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, she got concussion on that show. And then we ended up with uh, Mariah May oh, on commentary. Oh, that that's was, the individual. Okay. Yeah, and, and Mariah May was a flipping revelation. She was fantastic on commentary. She, so, she got uh, a lot of rave reviews for that one. Yeah, she show. deserved them. She was fabulous, but uh, stepped in. and uh, But uh, so that, that was Momo. It was going to be Momo's spot. So here she is on, on this show. So, you know, it, it's either going to be it, something spectacular has to happen for Monet not to win is the thing. I mean, you can't yeah. just throw around her losses. No, she, uh, you need to be judicious with this and you need to have a plan. I imagine when they put her into this tournament, they had a plan. She's going to win her first match still up in the air on the second, but, uh, I'm watching the show and I will be able to tell you what I thought about it after it happened. <laughs> yeah, it says Mercedes, Colin says Mercedes is winning this. That's why the belt was created. And yes, I'm being cynical. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's either that or a big angle. It's either that or a big angle where somebody screws her out of it and pisses her off. I mean, that's, those are the two choices because if We're in a very she, she's not going to lose clean to any of these women or shouldn't. They're crazy if she does. We're in an exciting time with Mercedes Monet. She is a free agent. Anything can happen with her and they can go in any direction. All bets are off. Like we have our suspicions about where she will be doing next. Well, like, she has an extension with Bushiroad. A one match extension, like it's match by match. 
Is it's only yes. match by match? Yes. Everything, mm. all of her, she every every extension she has is a match. She's doing the Brock. So yeah. uh, good on her, but it's all up in the air, and her her status worldwide could change in an instant. But it could also stay exactly the same. That's fun. Right. I'm looking forward to it. So we have a couple other things here, uh, and, and we're going to preview this one more heavily going into it uh, once we, we get there, but uh, this is a couple weeks away. Uh, we'll also see Fred Rosser and Juice Robinson. They will finally have their street fight. The, of so, course, so weird. David Finley isn't on this card. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, yeah, uh, Rosser against Juice. Uh, that's a street fight. We will have a strong openweight title rematch, Hikaleo and Kenta. So... Um, That'll be uh, another one there. And then we will see an interesting one. We've got uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Bring it on I'm up. So there it is. excited for this one. John Moxley, Shoto Amino, and Wheeler Yuta. A fine wrestler, by the way. I, I just saying that I'm hoping that there's a bigger star from Blackpool Combat Club at Dominion against uh, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Rocky Romero stepping in for Tanahashi. Again, because... Uh, the uh, Tanahashi will be facing w- Will Osprey, and hopefully both of those men are a lot healthier. Uh, both of them uh, working off of injuries. Tanahashi and Osprey, the winner will face Lance Archer at Dominion for the right to face Kenny Omega. So there you go. So uh, which is why you can't have Tanahashi in this match. It's why you also can't announce the six-man title match for Dominion because storyline-wise, Tanahashi might still be in that U.S. match there. John and his kids, yeah, get John and his boys. There they are, right there. And uh, you want to you want to hear my prediction of what this is all uh, what this is all leading to ultimately? I, I do, and Brad has his. He's thinking that Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson. Why do I keep doing that? Jeez, it's been a couple of years now. Uh, Brian Danielson gets that Dominion spot. Your lips to God's ears, uh, or your lips I think to God's ears. I I'll think tell you happening. what, I would go nuts over that. The other thing I'd be perfectly happy with is Claudio, because as I've been saying for years, I've been praying to the wrestling gods up there, book Claudio in the G1. I just want to see the matchups. Mm-hmm. I just want to see him wrestle Okada. I want to see him wrestle... Uh, well, There's four brackets. The you could do all three see, guys. Yeah, I want to see him. You know, I, I want to see it. Uh, so, uh, but, I mean, everyone in the world wants to see Brian Danielson and wrestle the new Japan guys, right? Especially yeah. Zack Sabre Jr., especially all, all the guys. Hell, I mean, name one you don't want to see him in with. Yujiro Takahashi. That's it. That's the I list. don't expect the announcement to happen until after Double or Nothing of who the uh, third person is going to be for okay. New Japan Pro Wrestling because they, too, like to respect you know the, the hierarchy yeah. of matches that are happening. So we're not yeah. going to find out who it is. I think it's Danielson. But... I think what this is ultimately leading to, are you ready for it? My mm-hmm. prediction? I think this is leading to John Moxley versus Kazuchika Okada in a one-on-one match at Forbidden Door 2. Hmm. I think very, this very is ultimately what this is leading to. You have asshole Okada versus asshole John Moxley in mm-hmm. the New Japan main guy match. There you go. I think I, that's I, mean, I would happening. love it. I would absolutely love it. I'd love to see that happen. So, yeah, well, we'll, a lot of uh, dominoes still to fall on that. So, and then we mentioned uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Will Ospreay. Winner will face Lance Archer. So, you got got to think the winner of this one will beat Lance Archer at Dominion because I don't see Lance Archer going in that spot. But Um, the other, the. So, oh, come up with a scenario where Lance Archer. They've already announced Tanahashi for For Dominion, right? No, they haven't. 
They have. Well, they, they said he's going to be there, but that's not that. There is no that, six that man match. Is not that match is not set. No, sir. No. What they, okay. they've they've said that there will be some form of a match with Okada, Moxley, and Umino, but they have not announced a six man match. There. Okay, but but we're okay. All the dominoes are lining up. Absolutely. I thought they actually did announce it when I go back to the match card. There's just a graphic there. So they are. Well, it's going to happen. I mean, they're that, playing it very, very carefully. But yes, uh, yeah. this is not going to be Hiroshi Tanahashi's best match. But damn it, Will Ospreay's going to try and make it. <laughs> well, you know, and Tanahashi's going to pull out something. Because again, the, one of the things that separates Tanahashi from other guys, there are other great wrestlers, but very few that are as smart as he is about how to work a match around an injury and things like that. Will Ospreay's. For my money, I think he's the best in the world right now. Right oh, now, yes. and it, and so these two will come up with something great. I I, I worry not. And uh, of course, as been mentioned many times, Osprey and Kenny Omega, which is where this is going, uh, held back incredibly in one of the best matches I've seen in my life. Uh, in that match at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Osprey and Omega did not pull everything out because they knew there would be a second one. So imagine what that's going to be like. I'm excited. I am. I am excited. There are people that think that there might be an Osprey Omega round three at Wembley, and if that were to happen in front of sixty thousand people, that would probably be insane. So uh, let's just uh, let's just keep those tea leaves going because that's. Uh, I don't want to say no to that, but I'm not sure it's actually happening. <laughs> I'm still curious to see what kind of New Japan presence there might be at Wembley. I, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a big one, but I think there'll be at least a little bit of something. There'll be a British invasion, but I can't. But there's going to be a lot of guys that have been working really, really hard in the G1 coming out of that show that uh, still have their own date to fulfill for New Japan. And Brad says this will force Will to slow down, and he works great at that slower pace. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, he knows how to do it, and uh, so he no longer has to be the uh, flying, you know, uh, ricochet-esque uh, Will Osprey. He can do uh, many, many things. So yeah, and, and working with Tanahashi again, Tanahashi's sense of timing and all that—it's it's, going to be—it's going to be wonderful. our tantalizing match graphic for the main event is right here. There you go, two silhouettes, uh, <laughs> Manea Vaquer against. Uh, Kogo or Nightingale and you know I think it is a pleasant surprise to me that this is absolutely listed as the main event of this show mm -hmm. is the women's match I thought that was great I enjoyed it it's a title match the other one is a contender match it yeah. made but perfect but sense. there is a strong title match on this show and this is, oh, this yeah. is two, two notches above it two notches above uh, it hmm. should Potentially crowning Mercedes Monet or having <laughs> yeah. Hikaleo slash Kento standing tall in the ring at the end of the night to close out the show. I kind of think we're going to have a Mercedes Monet microphone moment here now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's either that or whoever comes out of Kogo and Nightingale winning the title and looking up at whoever interfered. There and you go. And, and screwed over Monet. And again, it could be either way. I, I'm honestly a coin flip as to whether or not he, he, she either has to win the title or someone has to screw her out of it. She can't. There's good job. and it's bad. It's insane if she does a clean job. Nuts. There, there's good and bad with that. You should not be comparing Mercedes Monet and Willow Nightingale in a 50 50 scenario of who's going to win this title. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. But there are scenarios within that scenario in which you could make it work. It is upon New Japan to to figure that out. And you know, they're not, they're not WWE. They care about the women's division to an extent that I feel comfortable with. 
And well, I, and I don't curious. know if that's fair for WWE. WWE has been putting that women's division pretty. They have, the but out. their but their reputation has preceded them for long enough, where you can't automatically give them the benefit of the doubt. And that is how I approach it. Uh, but yeah, it should be a really fun show. I've already got it ready to watch on the pay per view, and it'll be a a lovely Sunday night adventure, I believe. And of course, let's run down very quickly uh, because we have a lot of time to further preview this. But this is what we have for Dominion so far. Uh, Moxley and Shota versus Okada in some form, which we expect to be a six-person title match, but we can't announce that as of yet. U.S. Contender Tournament, that's Lance Archer against the winner of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay. TV title rematch, Zack Sabre Jr. against Jeff Cobb. For the Never Openweight title, David Finlay against El Fantasmo. And for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, Sonata against Yota Suji. So Suji may Where's be a smile, Yota? May be a belt collector. And uh, K Black says hello to us. Hey, K Black, I'm glad you're watching. Appreciate hello. you being here. So, Thank you. Uh, yeah, Yoda Suji, by the way, belt collector, uh, not done in CMLL. I mean, he is back from excursion, but he's still working on in Mexico. And just recently, he pinned the CMLL World Heavyweight Champion, Gran Guerrero in a non-title match and will be getting a shot at that belt as well. Now, who knows if he's going to win it? I'm not saying he's going to come in there with the CMLL title. He might. But uh, either way, it shows you once again how far this dude's come. He is challenging for the heavyweight title. Now, okay, in CMLL, the World Heavyweight Championship sounds a little bigger than it is within the context of CMLL. CMLL is more of a, a trios and the, the lighter weight guys uh, are probably in a higher position. I would say that that welterweight title uh, that uh, Volador Jr. and Rocky Romero are fighting over is a bigger deal than the heavyweight title at this point. But uh, nevertheless, this will be a main event in Mexico City in Arena Mexico, and they are drawing... It's between eight and 10,000 people every Friday night to the same building in Mexico City. Again, different and wrestling what, culture, a lot of tourists and things. But. When is this match? I, I, I don't, oh boy, I, I'm not sure exactly when. Sometime this month? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be this month. I, I, think it's, I think it's before Dominion. But if I'm wrong about that, I'll correct myself next week. But it shows you that now two different companies have Yosuji in main event positions. Now, this isn't going to be... Uh, they don't really do pay-per-views. There, there are two huge shows in CML every year, the Anniversary Show and the uh, the Legends Show, Leandas, uh, which uh, pays tribute to uh, El Santo, Salvador Luteroth, who founded the company and, and that type of thing. Uh, those are their two major things where you get the, the super big, high-profile mass versus mass matches and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's not that, but it's a big Friday night match. And it's the main event of their biggest show. So of the week. So that it's again, Yoda Suji's doing that. He's going right into this slot here at Minion. All uh, right for Yoda. Kaiju sky, big battle. <laughs> sky's the limit for this dude. I, I, I feel strongly about this one. I was shocked at how I didn't think he was going to be bad. I was shocked at how good he was when he faced Ishii. And then when yep. I watched him in Mexico, I watched, uh, Kawato, you know, he was he was just a you know Kawato what was a Kawato San they called him in uh, in CMLL there and uh, he wasn't this far along and Kawato was there a lot longer than Suji was so yeah and uh, you know we have uh, you know K Black saying he was shocked to see him uh, against Sonata for the title but in the best way yeah it, it just it when you saw him 
his presentation, the way he even just stood in the ring, he looks like a star. He looks like a megastar. He has that charisma. And uh, it, it's uh, something special. We'll see what the, he and Sonata pull out. But we, we got some time to build up to that. Yeah. But so, should be exciting. Uh, there's one more thing we got to cover real, real quick. And that is the three matches that they announced for all together again. Yeah, in let's do it. June. So we have from Pro Wrestling Nota, Kaito Kiyomiya, All Japan. Kento Miyahara and New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus My God. New Japan, Kazuchiko Okada. Let's see, I can't see the other one. Yuma Aoyagi from All Japan. Thank you. And Pro Wrestling Noah Kino, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers in all the world with his YouTube channel. Uh, if you guys get a chance to check this out, uh, <laughs> the Mike and JD show put me on uh, along with Justin Nipper talking about his... Uh, YouTube channel. It is apparently a delight. The man is great. And if you want to enjoy comedy and pro wrestling and seriousness of a heel, this is the man. He is a teacher in Japan as well. He knows what he is doing. Then we got Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Pro Wrestling Noah, Masa Kitamiya, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshiki Inamura. And that is going to be a beefy one. You guys may have remembered Masakitamiya and Tomohiro Ishii going at it before back, uh, I believe, in February. That was some fun. And uh, They're not the same age, yet they were somehow separated at birth. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And then the last one, New Japan Pro Wrestling, LIJ, Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito versus New Japan Pro Wrestling, Yuji Nagata, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Suwama, and All Japan Pro Wrestling, Yuma and Zai. I don't know much about a couple of those guys, but if they are advertising it this early, it is something to keep an eye out for. It's kind of cool to have these blended matches. I think I like the idea. I think it's going to be a fun one. And again, a lot of this is going to be for charity. A lot of the uh, revenue brought in by All Together Again will be going uh, to charity in Japan. So the three major men's companies coming together for this. And it'll be very exciting. And I'll tell you what, can you bring up that graphic for the Okada and uh, Keno and all of the, all of the all-star game here? I mean, <laughs> so we've, yeah. I mean, look at all this. I, Kento Miyahara, by the way. If you haven't watched much All Japan, get yourself an eyeful of Kento Miyahara because he is probably the best wrestler in the world that's not in New Japan mm -hmm. right now. I'm trying to think. Or New, if, if you take away New Japan, AEW, WWE, like the three companies that we here on this show are the most familiar with, that's the best guy in the world that's not in one of those. Yeah. That's what I'll say to that right now. He's just he's the top guy in All Japan, and they take care of him. And He's things, the best name been, nobody knows. I have been praying for this guy to come up <laughs> to come over to New Japan, but uh, All Japan's taking good care of him, so that he's staying for now. But this guy is phenomenal. We know that Keno's terrific. Uh, Aoyagi is excellent. I mean, the work rate in this match is staggering. Yeah, no, I, this is good. this is a proper proper main event, and I am here for it. I think it's interesting that Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kaito Kiyomiya are on the same side, while Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada are currently tagging together, and Kiyomiya and Okada have their issues. That won't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, before we sign off, because we're just about out of time, Brad, you know I praised your city. I I read your comments. I say nice things. You say, Jeremy, take a bow because you called Yoda being in the video. I've been saying this for a month. That's Yoda Suji in the video. My goodness. I get no love around here. 
Yeah, no love. I do feel like I was the earliest of adopters, but you do deserve your credit. As well. No! I mean, <laughs> someone check the tape. Someone check the tape. Do we, we have, have these videos all on YouTube. Nobody has tape. Nobody, oh, nobody uses right. tape anymore. The only tapes around are ones my old VHS is collecting dust. Stephen Conway, let's do socials. Uh, at Stephen Conway 88. Not that anybody pays attention to anything I say. Oh, so. Come on now. Nobody do listen to either of us on Twitter. <laughs> And you shouldn't, probably. But anyway, the point is, uh, check out Ringside Replay My History website. We will be back next week. We're going to talk first week of Super Juniors, preview the second week of Super Juniors, talk about resurgence. So much to do. Any other uh, news that drops that we didn't cover now, we'll cover next week. So for Jeremy Finestone, I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you once again for joining us for Speaking of Strong Style. We'll see you again very soon. Bye.